Yeah, so 2008, the housing crisis, when that all happened, I couldn't believe the economy survived that. I had already known, you know, before then. I'm not sure how much time I knew before then, but I mathematically, this economy cannot continue. It's, you know, we have so many trillions in debt, excuse me, in debt. And there's an old saying that says, uh, a debt that cannot be paid won't be. And that's what we have in this country. We have a debt that can't be paid, so it won't be. And uh, mathematically, it can't continue. So this, we knew the collapse was going to happen. You know, we were both very smart. We understood that history, and we understood that no fiat um, uh, denominational dollar or currency ever, you know, survives for more than 60 years. And we started ours back in 1971. It's only a matter of time before it collapses. And and usually when they collapse, they collapse hard. Um, and so we knew we wanted to get out. We wanted to get out and we wanted to get our kids away. We wanted to homeschool our children and we wanted to provide our own food, raise our own animals, and just provide a measure of sustainability that we couldn't get anywhere in the city. So uh, 2008 really woke us up, even though we were already kind of awake. But um, after 2008, we really started to make plans. And then it was um, 2012 when we finally made the jump. That's Zach. He's a single father of two boys and an off-grid homesteader homeschooling his kids. He's the creator of An American Homestead, a YouTube channel dedicated to teaching modern homesteading. This interview was live streamed to his audience, or so we thought, there were some technical difficulties, and is available on his YouTube channel as well. So take a seat by the fire as we travel deep into the American Ozarks, where we discuss homesteading, homeschooling, and how this lifestyle choice is all about the family. I think we're good. All right. We're live. We should be live. So we have to let you know that this is the first time we've ever done anything live before. Okay. Yeah. So no pressure, no pressure (laughs) at all. So I say a lot of dumb things that I have to edit later in our podcast. That's why I Ah, don't do live. This is fun. This is like a normal conversation between, you know, a few people and, and it's great. It's just live. Everyone's watching. Yeah, that's it. Um, So the first thing I thought when you told us that we, so we invited you on our podcast. We want to talk to you. We ended up on your live platform, so thank you for having us. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the first thing I thought to myself was, don't say something stupid. Don't say th- something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're happy to be here, so thank you. You're welcome. That's great. Yeah, so, uh, so our podcast is, um, you know, obviously about homeschooling, but it's also about what people consider normal for lifestyles and changing what that actually means. Yeah. And so we've done a lot of, we've done uh, world travelers and road schoolers and, uh, you know, people like yourself. So we just really enjoyed that. That's probably been our favorite part of doing Mm -hmm. this podcast. It's really hard to do anything else now because (laughs) we love talking to people like you. Mm -hmm. So if you could start off with an introduction, a little bit about yourself, where you live, kids and your platform. Yeah, sure. Uh, So we're on YouTube. I have my own website at AmericanHomestead.com. Uh, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, when we moved out here, uh, we decided we wanted to homeschool, and um, so we moved off-grid in 2012. Uh, me and my wife and my in-laws, uh, we all moved on one homestead, and we have two houses here on about 56 acres, and, um, and so, yeah, we decided to just homeschool. We've always wanted to homeschool. We were never going to do the public school system or anything like that. Uh, we just felt like we wanted to kind of take that into our own hands and uh, and run with it ourselves and so yeah we moved out here in 2012. So did you have any kids at that point? Uh, yes yeah, so um, we moved we left 
uh, St. Louis in 2012, moved off grid. And my youngest was seven weeks old when we left. Oh, and wow. we lived, we lived, um, it was like one of your other guests. I was just watching one of your videos that's on your website. I was scrolling down and there's another guest who's her and her husband are living in a trailer. Yep. And um, that was us. We were living in a trailer for the first year and we had a newborn baby, you know, seven weeks old, living off grid with no electric in that trailer. Uh, we had a propane buddy heater and that was it. You know, we spent our first winter and that was, it was a heck of a time. Talk about being able to strengthen your marriage, you know, so, <laughs> but uh, um, it was, it was, it was good. And so we, we had spent our first year there and then we finally found this land about a year later and we moved out here. And so we had, um, uh, we moved our trailers here and then we had houses built. Uh, these are manufactured homes. Um, we had those built on site. And so he, our youngest was seven weeks old and I forgot how old our oldest was. They're six years apart. So about six, six years old. So a little over six. So did he ever go to school? The oldest? No, no. He, he was homeschooled from the very beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then what was your past career? Uh, and still is. I'm a web developer, front end web developer for software companies. Now I do mostly a lot of websites uh, for uh, corporate clients, things like that. Um, I have my own client base that I tend to, and I, I, I do some work for some other um, small businesses, you know, in, in that regard. But um, I'm trying to get away from that because I don't like doing it. I, I just, I kind of like the homesteading thing. And every, every minute I spend on that sort of thing takes me away from what I would love to do here on the homestead. And so, uh, but yeah, front-end web developer, worked for a number of corporations doing software development, the, the graphics. So, so what did it look like before you moved to the homestead? St. Louis is not a small town. And, uh, you know, did you, did you live like, you know, uh, did you at least have a small homestead while you lived there? Or what did, what did life look like before you moved? No, we, um, uh, I went to Florida. That's where I met my wife, Jamie. Um, my wife, Jamie passed away in 2019 of cancer and, uh, but we met in Florida and we moved back to St. Louis, Missouri. And, um, then from there, we moved to the city. We lived in the city. We had bought a house and the housing crisis of 2008 basically took that away from us. That was a mess. And then, uh, uh let's see, we went from there to an apartment and from an apartment to a rental home and from the rental home to where we are now. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Uh, coming from a personal experience, a rental home and apartment will push you to a homestead for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, we were just, we were really excited to get uh, the, the rental home that we had. It was kind of out away from the city. And, um, you know, we can talk more about why we decided to homestead later, because I mean, that's, that's one of the, we want to get away from the city, but um, we were very excited to get that, but it was not the you know jump we really wanted to make, which was somewhere like this. Right. Mm -hmm. And where, where is somewhere like this right now? Northwest Arkansas. We're our, um, let's see, you go to nowhere and then you drive another 30 minutes and you're in the middle of it. Okay. So funny story. We also lived, in, we live there as well. <laughs> Not there, but. Okay. We're probably neighbors <laughs> then. Middle of nowhere. Yeah. We did. Yeah. So I, I, I can't wait to hear your story of why, but the reason that we are really into the outdoors and we have certain mindset is we used to live in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. Oh, okay. In uh, up in the mountains in a, a small trailer house uh, up in the national forest. So that's when you said they will test your marriage and living in certain places. Mm -hmm. Yep. There was nowhere to go. There was nothing to do except just be together 
and deal with each other's, you know, quirks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all you got. That's all you That's got. All you yeah. So you were up in the desert. Like, uh, was it like, uh, I mean, they don't get a lot of rain there. Where are you at now? So where we were was for part of the part of the, our time there was not in the desert, actually. I mean, they might call some of it the high desert, but we were right. up in the bottom end of the mountain chain running up into Colorado. Okay. Okay. So, and then the other part of the time we were along the Texas border in the plains. So we kind of got both worlds, but yeah, no, we lived up in, we lived up, uh, what, 8,500 feet yeah. above sea oh, level. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Um, and right now we are in Ohio. Okay. All right. So is this like your homestead homestead or is this like a, were you going to stay or what? No. So, so we're a military family. So we move around. Uh, okay. every That's right. Years. I remember reading about that. That's As right. you know. Yeah. So unfortunately we can't put roots down while we're doing this. Uh, so once we got the taste of that though, every time we move somewhere, we end up living outside of town and I end up usually commuting so we can have some property, at least a little bit of property and have some space. <laughs> Right. Sounds good. How about you? What's your story? What, why did the homestead uh, come about? Well, I, I mean, we, we wanted to just, yeah, we wanted to get out as far away from the city as possible and we wanted somewhere remote and we wanted to get somewhere um, rural, very rural, low population density. <laughs> and I didn't want to live in the desert. I didn't want to live um, in a place where you didn't have a long growing season. So that was a big thing. And so Arkansas, the Ozarks, either Missouri or Arkansas fit the bill. Um, we originally were invited out here to live with, a, with like a community type thing. And uh, that didn't work out. That was a horrible experience. But um, we eventually- going found- He's going to detail. Oh, man. It, I just, <laughs> let me just say, avoid that at all costs. Okay? <laughs> Jamestown, Jamestown, you know, we're, we're big students of history. You know, we always believe that, you know, the most important subject you can teach your children in school is history because you learn from the mistakes of the past. Well, I did. I had never read about Jamestown and how they tried to run their, you know, community when they first settled America, and it was a just a horrible, horrible experience. It was the exact same thing. Anyway, um, uh, don't yeah, avoid that stuff. Well, uh, you had con- to be a good story when you put community in quotes. Yeah. So, air quotes. Con- we, you know, there's this thing with communism. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You know, right. so, um, yeah, avoid that stuff. And any time, I mean, I, 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 you know, now that we're there, we'll get, might as well keep going. Um, <laughs> it, when I, I started researching this afterwards and I realized, you know, so all kinds of different communities all around the country, you know, homestead type communities, off grid community, whatever communities, um, there's, there's Christian ones, there's atheistic ones, there's, you know, non-religious ones at all, or they're just, you know, some that are very religious, they all fail, they all fail and they all have very high turnover. And the reason there's many reasons to that, um, but you know, we tried that and it didn't work out. And um, but thankfully, we ended up in a uh, we had a friend of ours who had a friend who was selling some property, friend of a friend we knew on Facebook, and here we are. So we, we found this place, perfect place, right up top of a mountain. Now it's not a mountain, you know, compared to what you guys are used to, but uh, it's a it's a hill. But uh, yes, it's te- technically a mountain, you know, by by definition, but not really. <laughs> So was there this like defining moment where you and Jamie were like, we, we need to get out of here? Um, yeah. So 2008, the housing crisis, when that all happened, I couldn't believe the economy survived that. I had already known, you know, before then 
I'm not sure how much time I knew before then, but I mathematically, this economy cannot continue. It's, you know, we have so many trillions in debt, excuse me, in debt. And there's an old saying that says uh, a debt that cannot be paid won't be. And that's what we have in this country. We have a debt that can't be paid, so it won't be. And um, mathematically, it can't continue. So this, we knew the collapse was going to happen. You know, we were both very smart. We understood that history and we understood that no fiat um, uh, denominational dollar or currency ever, you know, survives for more than 60 years. And we started ours back in 1971. It's only a matter of time before it collapses. And, and usually when they collapse, they collapse hard. Um, and so we knew we wanted to get out. We wanted to get out and we wanted to get our kids away. We wanted to homeschool our children and we wanted to provide our own food, raise our own animals and just provide a measure of sustainability that we couldn't get anywhere in the city. So uh, 2008 really woke us up, even though we were already kind of awake. But um, after 2008, we really started to make plans. And then it was um, 2012 when we finally made the jump. Mm, okay, yeah. And here we are again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this time, I mean, we'll be lucky if we get out of this one. I, I mean, you know, I didn't think they would get out of 2008, but we'll see if they get out of this one. I doubt it. We'll see. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. That's, a, that's, a, that's either offline or a whole nother show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have me back for that show. <laughs> I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. I talk to her about it all the time. She just like stares at me. <laughs> Yeah, it's common. And it, it's, you know, history, let history be your guide. And um, I used to, I have this PDF where it's got all these hundreds of currency, all these fiats throughout history that have all failed. And the average year, average time span is about 60 years. And the gold standard, we got off of that in 1971. Uh, so we're right on schedule. Excellent. <laughs> Good to be on schedule, right? <laughs> <laughs> So can you can you dive in a little bit deeper on your homestead? Like, what do you do there? What what do you have? What don't you have? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of things we don't have. Uh, there's a lot of things we do have. So we're we're off grid, all solar. You can see the lanterns behind me Was it over there. Yeah, lanterns. Yes. So I have lanterns. It's getting kind of dark in here. So the sun will be going down here in about, um, let's see, an hour or so. So it's getting a little bit dark in here. So we're off grid, solar powered this Conversations being powered by the sun. We actually had the sun come out today for the first time in like two weeks. It was nice to see it almost. It was a real, almost a real full day of sunshine. Um, and tomorrow is supposed to be the same too. So that's fantastic. But yeah, we, we're off grid. We, we provide our own water. We provide our own power. We provide our own sewage. We provide our own um, everything except for the internet. So this is a fiber optics line that we're powering via our own solar panels. And uh, we have... Uh, chickens we raise chickens for eggs uh, we raise sheep for meat um, we hunt here um, we used to have turkeys we don't have turkeys anymore that it, it was just a little bit challenging for all the things we wanted to do chickens and sheep are really a good rounding of things uh, for food products and protein wise that we can get do here and just do all by ourselves um we have a neighbor down the road who provides us raw milk and we get about two gallons a week. And I turn that into milk and cheese every week. Uh, usually on Fridays, uh, I make uh, a ch uh, butter and cheese with that, with that raw milk. Mm. And yeah. It's really good. Really good. <laughs> Sounds good. And, yeah. It's fantastic. And so uh, I'll do that every Friday. Usually um, what else we grow, have gardens. We have a garden where we grow lots of our own produce. We grow sorghum for syrup, uh, sugar content and, 
Um, what else do we do here? Uh, we have a sawmill. My tractor's down right now, but I got, as soon as I can get my tractor repaired this spring or summer, I'm going to put that back down at the sawmill and we'll start sawing logs again. But we have we have lots and lots of cedar on the homestead. And so we'll cut, cut that cedar up for boards for different projects, woodworking projects. Also want to start a company. Uh, it's called Ozark Cedar, o- Ozark Cedar Mantles. Um, and it's OzarkCedarMantles.com. And that site's kind of in development. It was about to be finished when Jamie got sick in 2019. But um, at some point, we'll start manufacturing cedar fireplace mantles and selling those. There's a lot of those are really nice. They're just gorgeous when, once mm-hmm. they're finished. So that, you know, we're, we're, we're looking at providing our own income here. I, we do YouTube. I have Patreon support. That, that's fantastic. But also we sell seeds that we grow here on the homestead. That's income stream. We sell sheep. That's an income stream. Um, we sell, uh, we can do woodworking products. That's an income stream. So um, we have tried to do multiple streams of revenue. Uh, and that's the way most homesteads used to be. You know, today we've been conditioned to think we have to have one job and that's what we do. But on a homestead, you should have about half a dozen good revenue streams to provide for your income. Uh, and some of those are seasonal. Some of them are yearly, you know, all the time, annual all the time. But um, you just, yeah, you have to have multiple streams of revenue. Mm-hmm. That's your mm. voice saying. Yeah, no, that is, <laughs> it's, that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before you moved to the homestead, how much experience did you have doing these things? I was wondering the same thing. Uh, and your in-laws. Uh, uh, well, they had much more experience than I did. My in-laws and my wife, uh, they grew up in the jungle. My wife grew up in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. So they were missionaries. And uh, she, she had, she would grew up, you know, used to water that was heated on the roof, um, rainwater collection, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, they, they were very familiar with some of that stuff. And so, um, me, not so much. I was in the military. I was in the infantry, so I knew how to rough it, uh, being an, an infantry guy. But um, I never really knew a lot about, you know, actual homesteading or some of the, some of the other things that you know Tim and Joanne and and Jamie had experience with. Um, but since, I mean, we've learned a lot. I mean, that's you're going to learn a lot through trial and error. We've all learned a lot. You know, there's new things we've tried here, and sometimes things work out, sometimes things don't, and uh, it's all a learning experience. But I didn't have a lot of experience going into this. Now, before we moved off grid, a lot of people ask us, you know, where should I start? And you should start long before you actually make that jump. Uh, if, if you can uh, start canning at home, you know, start canning in your kitchen, start learning how to preserve foods and, and uh, maybe how to take apart a chicken or, you know, things like that. People don't cook t- these days. You go into someone's kitchen and there's nothing in there. There's no pots, there's no pans, you know, there, there's nothing or they don't use them. And so you, you hand someone a whole chicken, that's been bought at the store and they don't know what to do with it, you know, because it's not in pieces and it's not, you know, boneless and it's not fried and given to them through a drive-through window. So, you know, start learning right there, you know, what some things you can do at home to once you do have chickens and you do begin to butcher them and you do process them on your own, you know how to process all that stuff and, and do good things with it. Yeah, I met someone not too long ago that thought any that, that chicken with bones and it was gross. Uh, and I was, uh, I was like, yeah, it's that was a rough one not to make a smart comment back. But man, when 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 that when it when the balloon goes up, he's in big trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we we're a, we're a, we're big time on uh, doing homemade cooking, like mm-hmm. cooking in their kitchen. Excuse me, cooking yeah. in the kitchen with the kids. Oh so my, I. I love it. 
Yes. And I think there's a lot to be learned from it. It's not just that the food's better typically and healthier, but I think there's a lot to be learned from doing that. And uh, we actually started in, when were we in Charleston, I guess. I don't we, know where you're going with this. Well, we started, we started, <laughs> I started pickling. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I started uh, making my, making homemade wine mm-hmm. and uh, dehydrating, doing things like that. And I think that's a good point is there's, there's small steps you can do. I'm no, we're nowhere <laughs> near where you are because we can't set up a home, like a permanent homestead. But in the meantime, that's what we do. We do try to start little projects and, and learn, learn from it. And then once we figure out how to do it, we go to the next one. And by the time you know it, it's uh, you've you've learned 10, 15 new skills. So we just uh, a couple of weeks ago, we just got some some sourdough starter. So maybe mm-hmm. some homemade sourdough from scratch. And now we have our little uh, sourdough starter on the kitchen counter that, you know, that we, we can keep and uh, keep growing. And we're growing some mushrooms mm-hmm. right now. But, yeah, I think I, I think there's a ton to be learned in the kitchen. Uh, I grew up in a, she grew up in a Puerto Rican family. I grew up in an Italian family. So eating is extremely important. (laughs) (laughs) Eating is always important, but it's your enjoyment of eating. That's, that's that's important. Some more than others. Some some cultures tend to like to eat more than others for some reason. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so, so cooking with my grandmother and my mother and uh, you know, with her family, it's uh it's just tr- tradition. I think it's a great tradition to get into with your kids. So they know where food comes from. Mm-hmm. And that's like you said, uh, meat, you know, kind of meat does not come from a, pl- a plastic package mm-hmm. and your vegetable didn't come from uh, a bin at the grocery store. There's a whole story behind it. So I, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's a, that's the main piece of advice I give people who are starting off and beginning. It's like, learn to cook. If you can just learn to cook, learn to get into the kitchen and cook from scratch, just learn to cook that's, that's like a big step for homesteading because people just don't do that today. And when you go into a homestead, especially in a place where we are, like we're, we're very remote. There is no going out to dinner. It's everything, the nearest town, nearest gas station is 30 minutes away, but you know, the, you know, any restaurants are over an hour, you know, restaurants we're speaking of besides like McDonald's um, you have to learn to cook. You have to be, become foodies and you can make all see when you're your own butcher, you get the best cuts every time. You know, that that's amazing to me. It's like, I don't have to pay for this. I can go out and get a leg of lamb and that at the meat market would cost a hundred bucks, you know, but I get it because I raised it myself and I can cut it how I want. And I learn how I'm, you know, how to do that. It takes time. Yeah. But you learn, and that's a skill that no one can ever take away from you. And you can eat like a King once you learn that skill. (laughs) Now, before you moved out there, were you, were you reading, getting into books and videos online and Somewhat. Yeah. I was uh, doing things. There was an old, old form. And I think it might still be there. It was called frugal squirrels and it was a survival preparedness forum. And, um, and I was on there quite a bit learning and trying to do tutorials and learning from tutorials and uh, just all that stuff. And so, yeah, there was a little bit of that for sure. I also want to point out for our listeners that aren't familiar with you, that I, you also do not have refrigeration, correct? Right. We have a, a, a Yeti style type cooler that we keep and uh, we have a solar powered freezer mm-hmm. and that, that solar powered freezer freezes blocks of ice in like containers. And so what we'll do is we'll switch out those containers every uh, now we don't have to do it at all because everything out there is frozen. The world is your refrigerator, you know, so uh, we'll take out those blocks and my kids, that's part of their chores. They'll go out and they'll switch out those blocks from our cooler 
every so often and we have refrigeration and that it's a giant yeti style it's not yeti because yetis are so expensive uh, but it's one of those yeti knockoffs and um and you can get one of those and one of those they're nice you can hold ice in there for like 10 days you know um, but yeah, we switched that out. And so that's the only refrigeration we have. Um, when we first moved off grid, we had an old 19th century. Well, we still have it. In fact, this last week, everything else was frozen. So we've been pulling water out of that 19th century. Well, it was dug back in the 1850s and we used to keep butter and cheese down in that. Well, we would put it in glass Mason jars. We had these giant fish baskets and we put these Mason jars with our butter and cheese into those Mason jars and into those fish baskets. And we would lower them down into the well. And that's what kept our cheese and butter cold during the summer. Cause it stays at a constant, you know, 55 degrees about. And um, so it's 90 degrees outside, hundred degrees outside, but it's 50 down in that. Well, it keeps your butter and cheese good. That's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we were roughing it. We were roughing it for, for a while when we first moved out here. We actually watched, we saw, we seen, we saw the video of your, uh, your ice issue right now. And you actually drawing water from your well out of buckets to, to uh, water your sheep and your livestock. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's uh that well is, it looks like you're good. It looks like going back in time, mm-hmm. what, like just looking at that and just imagining that thing being being uh, dug out. But yeah, we've often looked at that well and just imagine, you know, what did these people have to go through to dig yes. that thing? You know, amazing marble. It's not very deep. It's only like 15 feet deep. I think back in the day when it was probably first dug, it was 20 feet deep. Uh, but we're on top of a mountain and we have really good water um, up here for some reason. It's not normal. Uh, the amount of water we have here it's not it's like we have sycamore trees at the top of our mountain which is normally something you see in the valleys down by the creeks because uh, a sycamore a, a mature sycamore will drink about 600 gallons a day and so that's why you see them down at the creeks and the valleys but we have them up here at the top of this mountain and um so we have a lot of water but yeah that that it marvels me to look at that well and, and to think that someone built that and laid those bricks and that rock all along the sides. Uh, it's just amazing. It is. We live in a different age today. People just, I mean, OSHA would have a fit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> yeah. You can't drink that. Now, can you drink directly from that? Yes, you, we have before. It, you can. It's not bad. We filter everything. It's got what's called, um, a, it's got small amounts of coliform bacteria in it, um, which usually isn't too dangerous. Um, but if, if with a buildup of that, you wouldn't want to keep doing it. Um, uh, so there's no E. coli bacteria or anything like that. It's just coliform. But anyway, so we just filter everything with the Berkey. You can see our Berkey right there behind me. Um, we have the imperial size. And uh, yeah, but everything gets filtered. We have one as well, but you just can't see it in our camera. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and every time we, we interview certain types of people, it's the first thing they noticed in the when we used to have this turned around on that side. The first thing they noticed, like... <laughs> Is that, is that a Berkey you have there in the background? <laughs> Get so excited. <laughs> yep. Yep. So what does a day in the life look like for you guys between balancing work, homeschooling, and then running the homestead? Uh, it's every day is different, uh, but we, I do try to have some more of a schedule. So I get up and I get the kids up and they do chores first off, you know, bringing in firewood. Like right now it's bringing in firewood, you know, tending to the animals. Um, uh, and then uh, Joshua will begin my oldest. He's 14. He'll begin doing schoolwork. We have him enrolled right now in a, a online Academy 
um, simply because they just couldn't keep up with, you know, the curriculum that Jamie had laid out. And so um, I decided to do it, but we're, I'm doing add-ons, lots, lots of different types of add-ons along with his curriculum that he's doing online. So I can kind of still maintain the spirit of, of what she wanted to do and what she wanted to teach him. Um, and Caleb, he does more of his school in the afternoon. That way I can kind of keep them apart so they can, you know, work better that way. And, uh, he does his math and his reading, writing for him. He's eight years old. So he's just doing basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, um, you know, some of the basics, but he, he's actually pretty, he, in his math, he's ahead and his reading, he's a little behind, but, um, but we're, we're doing good. And so that's basically it. So like in the morning chores after that, Joshua starts his school and I will do work. Uh, either in my office or, you know, here in the house or I'll tend to the kitchen or, I mean, I have, I'm a homemaker now. I have to do everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, all the cooking and everything. So um, just depends on what's like tomorrow's or Friday. So tomorrow I'll be doing the butter and the cheese uh, to get that taken care of so I can get the milk processed. But uh, every, every day is a little bit different, but that's normally the way we try to do it. In the afternoon, Caleb does my youngest, he does his school and I kind of watch over him and just help him along with that if he needs help. And by about four o'clock, I'm usually in the kitchen getting dinner ready anyway, so I can help him at the kitchen table um, while he's doing his schoolwork. Um, and that's kind of about it. In the summertime, it'll be different again because, you know, we have gardens to tend to, harvesting, you know, planting. I'm getting my garden ready for next spring already. I've got uh, manures laid down and I'm getting ground cloth. I've already got that ordered. I have a couple more things I need to get ready. Um, but you know, spring is coming fast and We'll be ready to do a pretty good sized garden here this year. So it'll be different. It'll change a little bit for that. But yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now as our schedule is. Now, do you and your in-laws ever like collaborate with the work on the homestead? And Oh yeah. So Tim is the builder. My father-in-law, he's the builder. He's, he's building constantly. He's always on building projects. He's always got things he's working on. Um, and uh, like right now, he just built a new storage shed out there for different uh, different things that we wanted to be able to um, put inside there and keep organized. So he's working on that. He's also, you know, he maintains a lot of the stuff that's on the homestead. So there's a lot of maintenance. Once you build a lot of stuff, you have to maintain it. So he does a lot of the maintenance, you know, if there's ever problems, things like that. My, my uh, job is more focused on kids, homeschooling, keeping the house, keeping the business running. Um, keeping YouTube fed with videos and content. And, um, and then they, they kind of, they also take some of the responsibility with the kids too. Like the, they usually feed them lunch during the day so I can keep working. And uh, so they, yeah, they take care of the kids for lunch. So yeah, we, it's a shared responsibility, no doubt about it. That's great. Mm-hmm. So for everyone that's not watching this on video, can you uh, tell us what your shirt says? <laughs> uh, so it's backwards. I think it's the same look backwards to you guys. No. No. Mm-mm. Okay, so that's it's weird. Um, it says homeschool because um, on my thing it's backwards. Homeschool <laughs> while it's still legal. So we sell these on Teespring.com. If you go to our channel, um, there's a Teespring link below each of our videos. You can buy these shirts. Homeschool while it's still legal. <laughs> right. So I thought that that's a great segue to our to what we wanted to ask you. So, what does the freedom to to homeschool mean to you? What why is it so important? Um. Because I look at the school system that we have today and I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, this is, this is, this is like insanity. I I was looking at uh, a video the other day and um, there was, they spent a school district spent $5 million on these separators in their classrooms. 
And so each kid is, is living in, is sitting at his desk inside of a glass cubicle. And, you know, he's, the, the child could be three or five rows back even. How is he supposed to even hear the teacher when everyone has masks on? And this is not an environment. See, it, it's all, it was already stupid before this. Now it's insane. Okay. And now the teachers aren't even coming in there. I saw a video today or news article today that uh, the kids are in the classroom, but the teachers are still remote because they're scared to come into the schools because the unions are scared of them getting COVID or whatever. It's insane, but it was insane before. Now it's just utterly insane. And I saw, you know, me and my wife looked at this and we're like, I don't want my kids in that. And I, we saw that the, you know, the, the agenda. And I mean, I mean, everyone has their own politics and their own religious beliefs, you know, but you look at their agendas and it's very anti-family. It's anti-personal uh, responsibility, you know, and we didn't want our kids to grow up with that mentality. And so no matter what it took, we were not going to put our kids in that kind of system that's going to brainwash them thinking what is normal. Because right now what we see in our public school system for the last 20 years or more is not normal. Um, and so, yeah, we, we needed to, we, we decided we weren't going to do that. And today it's just utterly insane and it's, it's vulgar and it's um, perverse. And so we were like, like we, we, I, and, and when I lost Jamie from cancer uh, two years ago or when, 2019, I was like, people said, where are you going to put your kids in school? And I said, no, I'm not, not doing that. I'm not doing that. I, I don't care. I could, I could, uh, and I'm not going to do this, but I could leave my kids home and totally disregard them from being comp and just regard their schoolwork, disregard their schoolwork completely they'd still be better off than the kids in the public school system today that's how bad it's gotten it's it's absolutely ridiculous but no i i do take my kids schooling seriously and you know, we make sure they have a good education my my children are doing fantastic and um uh, but uh it's it's amazing to me to see so many people the one thing this covid thing has blessed america with is it's woken up america and parents to the benefits and, and the blessing of homeschooling because so many people are doing it now their kids came home because the schools were closed and they were like okay so what's remember that when it first happened the schools closed and the kids come home with packets mm -hmm. and i saw all these parents opening these packets and going this is what you're learning the first time these parents finally took a look at what their kids were learning, they were disgusted. A majority of these parents were disgusted with the, with the kind of learning they were going through. And they were like, they first started to ask, they finally started to first ask that question. Maybe we should do this on our own. And yeah, you should. And so, so many people um, are doing that. And our school system today is in shambles and, and it's not going to get better. And I think it's because so many people are, have abandoned it. They've, they've jumped the ship because they know it's sinking. It's, a, it's, it's not good for their kids. And a real true parent has this innate drive to give their kids something better than they had. And you can't send your kids now to public, to a school system that, you know, is so insane. If you really are a good parent, you, you, it's like, it's like no parent, no true parent wants to damage their children or put their children in danger and really in the mind. And that's really what you're doing now when you send your kids to a school, a school system like that. So uh, it's, it's great. I think that um, America has woken up to homeschooling and um, it's because there's so many people out there who are enemies of homeschooling, mm -hmm. but we have such an army now of people who are pro homeschool that the cat is completely out of the bag and it's a very angry cat. <laughs> you're not get, you're not getting that cat back in the bag. <laughs> yeah, we've as as we 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 started homeschooling before COVID, um, but 
we noticed that we, we were thankful that we had started this before COVID because homeschooling and the schooling at home that the kids from the schools were doing, like bringing the packets home was completely different. And we had people like, how are you, how can you do this? This is, this is, uh, this is crazy. There's so much work. And we're like, well, what you're doing and what we're doing is very different. Right. It's because you're at home. You're, you are not homeschooling. You're not homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. You're just, you're just feeding your kids what the school sent home for them. And now you realize either one that the stuff that they're teaching them is nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, a lot of it. And then uh, that what they need to get done you, you start questioning why your kid's gone for eight to nine hours a day to, to get something done that, that you could knock out in like an hour and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So yep. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we started doing this because, you know, as, as two working, we, we both grew up in the public school system or in, she was in a private school. I didn't do that, but <laughs> we uh, both worked full time and we would come home from work and it was like, we both had, that's why we always ask, like, did you have that like moment? Because we both had our own moments where I was like, I can't do this anymore. This is nuts. And we came, we, our daughter came home from school. She was exhausted. It was like four in the afternoon. We just got home from work and we opened her backpack and she's got a packet of homework. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, now we have to do homework. And she's so tired. Like, I remember, I always remember that she had like this gray, pale color to her skin because she was so exhausted. And I had to sit there and make her do more homework. And mm-hmm. the sun's like going down. She hasn't been outside yet for the mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And I looked, I just remember looking, I'm like, this is nuts. So like, this is, this is it. And she was how old at the time? Like six, seven, six, six years old at the time. I was like, this is not how a kid should be growing up. They shouldn't be sitting in a classroom all day long being told what to do and then come home and have more work to do and never have gone outside and played or, or had a chance to be a kid. And, and that was my moment where I was like, this is nuts. Like this system isn't right. This is not right. And uh, you know, from that point on is it took a little bit of time after that where she, she had to make the decision that she was going to be okay with it. Cause you know, she was the one that was going to be doing it. So she had to be fine with, with taking the time to do that and leaving her profession as a nurse. But then she had her moment. And when I had asked her the originally, it was a, uh, it was, she looked at me, I was crazy. Like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing that. There's no way I'm homeschooling. Um, and not too long after that, she had her moment and she said, I think I'm ready to look into this. Like, I think, I think we need to stop. We're done. And, and the reason we started doing this was because it changed our whole life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I I try not to discredit. We have, we have a family of teachers. Insert, insert this every, every (laughs) podcast we have to insert this. So I try not to discredit. A lot of this has nothing to do with the teachers. It's the system that is all, it's just not working, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to put the teachers down because we have had great experiences with the teachers and it does just trickle mm-hmm. down to what they are told that they have to do. And it's just not working. Right. So for the, yeah, right. for our family, we didn't want that anymore. And I was tired of seeing my kids like right before dinner for the first time during the day. It's mm-hmm. just, you realize like, man, we only have so much time with our children. Like, why are we mm-hmm. doing this? Sending them away yeah. to have like this much time. 
I just heard a, a title of a podcast. I had to think, um, bring us up. It was called 18 Summers. I was like, why is it 18 Summers? And they said, you get 18 summers with your kids before they may go off. Hmm. I'm like, that's it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really puts it into perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it, you're right. There are a lot of good teachers out there um, and they're just part of the system and they're doing what the system tells them to do. Um, and I, I know teachers who are part of that system who don't, you know, send their kids to public school you know? yes, <laughs> because they see the system, they're in the system and they're like, man, this is, I can't believe I chose this for a career. Mm -hmm. But I mean, um, it's, it, it wasn't always like this. The system wasn't always messed up like this. There was really a time, I think, you know, even when I went to school that the public school, school system actually really did produce a good product. Um, it's just, it's, it, you know, I think the homeschoolers produce a better product even back then, but it just got continually worse. And to a point now where it's like, there's so many better options if, you know, for your, for schooling and you shouldn't be forced to choose just one. Um, and so that's, that's a big reason why I do it. But yeah, I know there's, there's good teachers out there that are just part of the system and they have to march along and just, you know, you know, type thing <laughs> and go, go with the flow. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned one of the things that you use for your kids, um, was the Liberty University Online Academy, correct? Mm -hmm. How does that yeah. work? I'm just curious how, cause I'm not familiar with a lot of the other programs. So um, we had some friends of ours who used that and I was looking for what to do with Joshua. So um, I went back through all of my information that Jamie had, had laid out for me and all the stuff that she had for what she wanted to do. And I was just like, I couldn't make heads or tails. It was so much. And I knew I had to still have a career and do all the things I needed to do. And so I just could not, I could not take that task on. So I was like, all right, I need to figure out something else. And so people started making suggestions, all kinds of suggestions. And one of them was Liberty. And so I looked at Liberty and um, it looked like it would fit good with my schedule. It looked like it was a, a good curriculum. Um, there were people who I knew who had used it and were happy with it. And it was accredited. So like if for some reason, anyone ever, like if the state really gets crazy and wants to have a accredited system, it, you, it'll, it'll fit that bill. Um, and so um, I, I just chose to do it. And um, um, I'm very happy with it. It's he's done really, really well inside the system. He's got a um, basically a, a small uh, between a B and a average right now. And he's doing very, very well. Um, he spends about two hours, three hours, maybe two and a half hours a day on all of his subjects and he's done, mm -hmm. you know, and, and sometimes less than that, like there's, there's sometimes he can get everything knocked out in the morning in like an hour and a half. Uh, it just depends. Um, and so, yeah, and then he goes out and plays the rest of the time and then maybe we'll do some other stuff. We'll do reading at night or some other things as well. Um, he's also enrolled in the Ivan on tech Academy, which is, um, uh, a coding Academy because coding is such a huge thing these days. And that's where the future of jobs are. I really believe that. And they're teaching, it's a blockchain uh, coding academy. And so he's been doing coding um, since he was nine years old and he, he likes it. And so we're doing that right now. So we're doing the Liberty and we're doing the Ivan on tech, which is very family friendly. That's one of the reasons I liked it because I look at some of these other ones out there, these other, and you got these young millennials out there teaching coding and they, you know, innuendos and just conversation. It's like not appropriate for kids. And I'm like, I don't want this. And so I have an tech. He's very family friendly and he makes sure that anyone who comes on board is family friendly uh, for his instructors. And so I really appreciate that. Um, so um, yeah. So Liberty and Ivan on tech right now is what we're using. That's great. 
That's good for, um, I, I think it's great to also talk to you because just as encouragement for any other single parents or solo parents, like you said, being an only parent, that you're still able to pull this off, um, especially if you can work from home. And because mm-hmm. they may question like, well, there's no way I could homeschool if I'm an only parent, but you're doing it. And then you found a resource that works well for you guys and to keep mm-hmm. them on track so that you can take care of the other stuff in your life, which is awesome. Yeah. I, I know it's hard. And I know I, I've, I've, I've gotten emails from other single adults or only parents out there and they, they get stressed out or they want to do this, but they just don't know how they're going to be able to fit it in or how they're going to juggle this. And I know it's hard. I know it's going to be tough sometimes. And yeah, there are times where I want to pull my hair out, you know? but um, it's been, I think when at, I, I want to put forth this effort um, now. And even though I know it's, it's something most people would not want to do or go through, but I think it's going to pay off in the end. I really, really believe that. And so the amount of time you put into your kids now is going to pay off. And so I'm waiting for that reward one day. <laughs> we always say you have to know your why, because that's, what's going to push you through those trying and difficult moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, there, there are times that are difficult, but there are times where it's very rewarding. I see my kids doing well and I'm like, Oh, I'm doing this. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. We, we talk about this all the time, how great it is and how it changed our life. But obviously there's like times when this can be tough too. It's not mm-hmm. all perfect, obviously. I think the biggest, one of the biggest things is a positive attitude. That's a real struggle for a lot of people. There are people who are just pessimistic by nature. And I think if you can just get into this mindset, I have to be positive. This is going to be good. This is going to, you keep telling yourself that you can get into that. You can switch that on and it'll change things. It'll, it really will change things all throughout your life. You've got to have a positive attitude. And we've said this before, just on homesteading, because homesteading is hard, especially the off grid, you know, it really does test your marriage you know, some of these challenges. And if you can have a positive attitude, you can come out on this and, and be better for it at the end. But uh, people who that's your best skill you can have is a positive attitude. If you can have that, you can, you can accomplish anything. Oh man. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, just, we were just talking to somebody that we haven't put the episode out yet, but we we're just saying that I, I've read, I've read articles where they've done studies and, and people who faked smiling and faked being happy, like just, just to, just to make themselves do it. Like, Hey, you need to just smile. Even if you're not happy right now, smile. Eventually their, their attitude became more positive because they just made themselves be positive. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's true. I think sometimes you have to like force yourself because days are tough and you have to stop yourself and say, okay, look, look, let's, let's look at the positive things that are happening right now. They may not seem like many <laughs> today, today, but uh, we can find one and then let's focus on the positive stuff that's going on. And the more you, I feel like the more you do that, the more you just do it naturally mm-hmm. and you can look at life generally in a positive manner, but you're right. There's a lot of people who are just uh, pessimistic yeah. people and they're probably raised that way. Mm-hmm. And, and people will, will uh, look at all the things they have to accomplish today and they'll be like, oh, how am I going to do this today? You know, um, my wife, she was reading a book years ago and she's like, you know, if I can just get up every day and I can make my bed, let that be the first thing. Make my bed. I've got something checked off my list. And why are you laughing? Do you know this too? Or- I re- I've, I've read the book. <laughs> Okay. Okay, good. So it's like, if I can just make my bed, I've accomplished something for the day. And now I can, 
I, I can keep that momentum going. It sets some momentum for your day. And um, I've, I've done that too. Like I, I get up and I make my bed and it sets a momentum and it's, it's like that for everything. You have to just be that positive, set that positive momentum first thing in the morning and, and then go with it. Ugh, I needed to hear this. I've had a week, I'm telling you. <laughs> and I the moment slip and I was telling him, I was like, my checklists are getting overwhelming. Like I'm not meeting all of them. And it's just, you're, you're right. You just have to remember, let's just take it one thing at a time and be happy mm-hmm. for those, those little marks that you can get done. And it's not right. to get done all the time. So no, it's not, but you, yeah, you start that momentum in some days you do better than others, but you know, at least you get some things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, just to, throw this in there, that book you're talking about, if anyone wants to read it, it's really good. I'm, of course, I'm going to blank on the title, but he was a Navy, he was, he was a Navy SEAL. His last name is McCraven, I believe. And it was, the book is, is partially his speech that he made at the University of Texas to the graduating class. And it, you can watch it on YouTube and you can also read the book, which has some more, but it's a really easy, quick read, but it's awesome. And the premise is if you start by making your bed, you've, you've accomplished one thing and Mm -hmm. then accomplishments and things of that nature snowball throughout the day. But Mm -hmm. if any, everything else in that day falls apart, which sometimes it does, you've, you've, you got that first thing done. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's a really good book. It's a great book. Have you read it? No, no, I think um, the, where Jamie got it from was uh, one of the homeschool uh, blogs that she was reading mm-hmm. or it was one of the homeschool b- writers books that she, and she, she probably took the same idea. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it's a very popular idea. And so that's where, she, that's probably where she got it from. Well, we'll have to link it to um, our episode, the, the YouTube video. Yeah. That might be a copyright issue, whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody might've stole something there. We'll <laughs> <laughs> I digress. (laughs) So we are, you know, the reason I think I can't speak for everybody, a big part of homeschooling is knowing that a lot of your education doesn't come from smashing your face into a book, right? It's life experiences. And right. uh, So that being said, how much of your, your boys education comes from the lifestyle that you live? Um, a lot of it. I mean, that was, that was a big thing for us. We wanted them to just go out and learn that there's so many things they can learn just by exploring the homestead. You know, they get, I mean, they're boys. They, so they love to explore. They're always turning over rocks and learning about, uh, we have a pond in the backyard. I remember the first time that, you know, they discovered frog eggs. I mean, that was like an amazing thing, you know, and you know, there's so much science you can learn from that, you know? And so they, you kids in the, in the city who go to school, the public schools, they're never, I mean, chances are most of them will never get out and explore a pond and discover frog eggs for the first time, you know? Um, <laughs> uh, my kid comes out sometimes and gets these soda bottle traps and he catches, you know, snakes and copperheads out of the <laughs> same pond. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So um, it's, a little, it's a little nerve wracking, but they're boys. And so, yeah, they, they do that sort of thing. But it's like the hands-on learning that takes place here. You, you'll never get that anywhere else. You know, the gardening and learning about a plant and putting a seed in the ground and watching it grow. And, and so they have like their own little test garden they have back here where they, they try to grow some things. And, and that there's an amazing amount of education that comes from that, that kids today just will never get a grasp on 
because they're only going to see pictures on TV or videos on TV or pictures in that book. And it's never going to be real to them. And so, um, that's, that was always important to us. And so, yeah, we do a lot of that, you know, unschooling or whatever they want to call it. Um, that's out there because it's important to us. Mm-hmm. Not only that, and then the chores, they see how, well, in order mm-hmm. to have all this work needs to be done. It doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. So right. that's an education in itself. And I think living off grid is a whole nother life lesson. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that not mm-hmm. everything can come that easily if you don't have electricity and <laughs> Well, you know, it's like you go through a little bit of hardship. Like I was in the infantry and I remember that movie from uh, 1986 platoon <laughs> when I forgot the guy, the actor's name. He said, uh, once you get out of here, the rest of your life is gravy, you know, <laughs> and that's, that was, that was the way I looked at the infantry. You know, it's like, I've never been so miserable than when I was in the infantry, you know, and the rest of my life will be gravy, but my kids will never probably, they'll never join the infantry. I doubt I wouldn't want them to do that, but the fact that they've lived off grid and they've, yeah, they've worked hard and they've done chores and they've done these things that most people never do. They have met adversity. They've overcome adversity. They've overcome challenges and they're going to be better off for it in their adult life when they try to overcome challenges then. And so they've accomplished things now when they were younger, they're going to be able to look at that and be like, ah, I have the confidence I can overcome challenges later on. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, that's a big issue. I think with kids is never, never overcoming a challenge because they've never been faced with that. We were, I forget who we were talking to, but, uh, you know, as somebody in the military, I deal with, I've dealt, or I've dealt with a lot of, you know, young adults coming in. And one of the biggest things that you see is that they don't know how to figure out something for themselves. And at first you can get upset. Mm-hmm. And I have this one memory of this guy. I asked him to do like the simplest thing. And he came and asked me quite about 15 questions. At, at one point I just had to be, I just had to like do the, the timeout thing. I'm like, look, look, look. All right. The reason I asked you to do this was because I wanted you to figure it out. I could go do this in three minutes mm-hmm. and it could have been done already, but I need you to go figure it out. Cause I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. And realizing that his, the way he grew up, he had never been challenged, never been asked to figure out. It was probably his parents probably did everything for him. And if there was ever a hurdle, they would step in and, and carry him over the hurdle and then put him back down again to continue his journey through, you know, high school graduation. Um, and it was like that moment I realized that I can't ever let my kids end up like that. <laughs> like, yes. Right. I said, there's a right. manual, there's a manual over there. Go get it, open it up and figure it out. I don't care if it's, t- I don't care if it takes you three hours. That's what you got to mm-hmm. do. And then next time mm-hmm. you're going to do it, you, you'll remember. And mm-hmm. I think the challenges that come with like the, you know, living on a homestead or any, you could live in an apartment and still challenge your kids. It doesn't matter where mm-hmm. you live, really. It's, uh, it's letting them stumble, letting them get back up, stand, being there if they, if, if they need a hand, but in the end, they're accomplishing whatever it is all on their own. And when no, you, I totally agree. Yes. And once I you told- do that, once you do that once, you remember it. You remember that feeling you have when you accomplished it all on your own and you want to do it again. And now you feel comfortable. And unfortunately, like you said, a lot of kids will never experience that. No, they won't. And yeah, it's so important. I, I totally agree. There's, there's something that really 
strengthens an individual's character when they can try to problem solve on their own. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if you can agree, but uh, you know, your time in the infantry wasn't the, it wasn't the most fun, but do you look on, you look back on it fondly for the things that you, how you grew yeah. at least. Oh yeah. I got to do yeah. some amazing things and I definitely look back on it fondly. I even think about times where I wish I would have maybe had the opportunity to re up. I didn't at the time, but if I would have stayed in, I would have been able to gain more experience, but um, it, uh, you know, yeah, it was miserable at times for sure. It was the most stressful time, most stressful I've ever been in my life. Uh, but uh, it, you know, I'm glad I did it. I, w- I wouldn't, I would do it again in a heartbeat or maybe even do it longer. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that. I love that. Most miserable time in my life. And I wish I did it longer. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think, and I, I, I love that because my, I've had times in the military that were just sa- same way. Like you, you just lay there thinking, what am I, what did I do? Why, why am I here? And what have I done to myself? And I look back on those times as like the, 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 some of the biggest gro- growth that I've had in my life, mm-hmm. because as much as it sucked, when you came out the other side, you, you like look you look back over your shoulder and you're like okay well the next time that comes up in life right. it's all good I, I, right. can, I can do this right and every time that happens the stressful things in life become less stressful right and we've take we've we've tried to the society has tried to take has tried to take stress out of life in many ways where oh, yeah. things are handed to you uh, failure is not a thing anymore even like we talk about schools mm-hmm. I I don't know how many times have we've heard kids have like a 4.3 GPA. What does that even mean? It's on a 4.0 scale, <laughs> but now we've, we, we've given these kids GPAs above what the, what, what the it's like having is. voter rolls of a hundred percent, but actually you have 150% of voters show up. So yeah, it's like that. <laughs> I told her, I told her the other day, I was like, please don't tell me you gave 110% because that's not a thing. You cannot yeah. give 110%. You only give a hundred percent. Not a thing. Uh, and uh, I, I like to bring this up too. our time in New Mexico uh, was very, there was some tough times, but the we've, our marriage is so tight and we, we say it's because of our time that we spent in New Mexico because we had nobody to rely on except ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when there was a problem with a lot of married couples are usually the parents are there to help and step in. Like if you need something, we didn't right. have that we didn't have that. And, uh, we grew a lot and it was, it was some of the best, best, best years of our life out there. And some of the, some of the toughest, but, uh, yeah. So leading into toughness, we know that it's not all sunshine and rainbows <laughs> on the homestead. Have there been any like moments that you can think of that they were either funny or well, like funny oh, to us funny. listening, yeah. not you. Or maybe, you know, <laughs> afterwards you're like, okay, now I can laugh about it. Or maybe even it was just like, man, that was really tough on the homestead. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, issues that we've had here where we tried to start different projects thinking they were going to be a lot different than they were more successful than they were. Um, we did the aquaponics aquaponics was, it worked. You know, people ask about that all the time. It works. It produces an ama- amazing product. But oh, it was, can you explain it was, what that is? Because I'm not familiar with this. So a- aquaponics is, um, hold on a second. I'm going to get me a, hold on a second. I'm going to get a lantern. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it is. So I need to light a lantern. Is it getting dark over here? 
Hold on. I got to go I just like the fact that you're lighting a lantern right now. <laughs> this is a normal day to day. It's, uh, when it gets this light, it's time to light the lanterns. What kind of lantern is it? This is a Dietz lantern. Um, What's it I, thought, I always thought it yeah, so you can get them at layman's. Actually, I think they've stopped producing, but it'll produce a little bit of light here. I can it's not totally dark yet, but it's getting there. All right. So that way it won't get too bad. It's gonna start getting dark here. Um, so aquaponics. Aquaponics is when you uh have a fish tank and you pump the water out of that fish tank into a grow bed. Okay, so the fist, the, the fish waste, all that stuff gets pumped into the grow bed. And that nitrogen and all those waste products help uh, develop uh, bacterial colonies that actually feed the root nodules of those plants. And so those plants take up that waste product and they grow. And it takes about a year to really get going for those colonies to get established into, into that growing medium. But once it gets started, you it's like amazing. It's amazing. It works fantastic. However, where we are, we're off grid. And so we don't have um, uh, a reliable water source. And so we had to, um, we had to like take water from our well actually and pump it uh, into a truck and then truck it over to where the greenhouse was and then pump it into the tanks. So on days like in the summer, you have the evaporation because that water is always going. We would get evaporation on the hottest days of like, we would lose about 250 gallons a week through wow. evaporation. Yeah, now, you know, redoing it, if I was to redo it, which I would have, I would have had a, some sort of water catchment system there on site that we could have recycled back into the tanks when we wanted to, um, because that would have been a lot more efficient. But anyway, so I got rid of that. It just did not work out. It worked good for about three or four years. Um, just, we grew peppers in there. We grew corn, we grew tomatoes, we grew cucumbers. It, it was, it was great. It was fantastic, but I wouldn't try it again just because of the water consumption um, that it took. Um, if I was on grid where I had a reliable source of water, then I would totally do it again. But there's, there's been lots of things where, and it just comes with trying, trying things out. You're going to learn through experience and some of those experiences are not going to work out well. Uh, uh, but there's been lots of things where we've tried that just didn't work out the way we wanted to. Um, so yeah, you just, you go with the flow and sometimes you'll, you'll find things that work for you that didn't, work for other people or you didn't work great for other people but didn't work for you and so you, you find those things and you look back on them and like what in the world was i thinking trying to do that but uh <laughs> it, it's just you, you never know until you try i say that to myself every day <laughs> <laughs> what in the world was i thinking <laughs> so yeah. for your boys between homeschooling and homesteading these are obviously very conscious decisions you've made What's, what's the vision for your boys? Uh, so what we want to do and we've, what we've done from the very beginning is condition them to understand that, yeah, we want them to live here on the homestead. We have, uh, we have 56 acres. So we want them to uh, build a house here on the homestead where they can raise their own family. There's plenty of land here. And, uh, you know, so they can continue to use this, this land for them. Uh, one day I'll be gone and um, they'll, it's, we've put everything in a, in a trust, family trust. And so they'll be able to use this land and divide it up how they want to uh, for their own families. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of the vision for them so that they can use it and, and raise their kids the same way. And just, they understand why they're being homeschooled. They're being homes, homeschooled because the system out there is insane. And we show them, I don't just tell them it's insane. I, I show them, I'm like, did you see this? Look at this. This is what they're doing today. And, you know, you know, glass partitions and people wearing masks and you know 
they don't even have teachers who show up at school. They're on a virtual screen. I'm like, this is insane. You're never going to learn. You're going to be, you would hate this. Um, There's two masks now, by the way, you're supposed to wear. Two. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about that. Yeah. Two masks, <laughs> maybe three, whatever, but yeah. So. That's the only thing better than two masks is three. So. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we uh, I I don't just tell them it's insane. I show them why it's insane, and then I say, here here's an alternative. I want you to grow up. I want you to be debt free. I want you to have these things. I want you to learn how to work the land. I want you to be responsible and know that hard work is going to pay off. And so yeah, they they do all of these things and they're learning. Uh, but there, there's a there's an end goal in mind. That that end goal is that vision that they can pick up where we left off and and continue on. It's great. It is great. I thought we, we've talked about that before, how nice it would be to have a spread one day and the kids would agree to maybe build on the same, <laughs> same land as us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember visiting a family in Puerto Rico growing up that were good friends of my parents and they did their whole family on this big piece of property up on a, like a plateau they all had their houses and I just thought it was like the most beautiful thing to all be together and the kids running around together. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the vision we have. And, you know, hopefully we'll see that to fruition. And, uh, but you know, we're, we're not only am I showing my kids, this is what I want. I'm telling them why I want it because there's a lot of insanity out there right now. And, you know, the family needs to stick together and uh, we need to be um, in community, not, not communism, community, <laughs> but in community with like-minded individuals so that we can, um, you know, have a, have a, have a community here that we can share with and get to know people with and communicate with and share with. Uh, like I have a neighbor who uh, she takes Caleb on Tuesdays and Thursdays and she helps him, you know, do reading and stuff like that. So um, we, we do those things yeah. and it benefits everyone, benefits everyone when you have that. Yeah. Well, you, you had brought up, uh, you know, what's normal earlier. And I think that's what you're talking about with your kids and your boys that I guess normal at this point has, come, has become, you know, you send your kids off to school all day. They go off to college. When they're done with college, they leave home because why would you want to stay at home with your family? And that's not what we consider normal, right? And what we want to be normal in our family and our, in our kid's mind is that the family sticks together Mm -hmm. and it's okay. Of course, it's okay if you want to go and explore places and take travel and I'm all for that as well, but the family unit has been ripped apart so badly that you almost have to be very conscious of teaching your kids how important that family unit is because when you leave and you go out from you know you know where you live with with your mom your dad and your siblings everything out there tells you to rip away from your family unit and mm-hmm. the family unit isn't that important that's what i think at least and to 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 teach that in your home and that it's okay for us all to be together even when you have your own family Mm-hmm. That it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing to do something like that. Um, the closest we got was we just came, you know, speaking of moving around, we just came from Florida and we, us and her parents and two of her sisters, there was one sister that is also in the military and they live in Mississippi, but we all lived about 10 minutes from each other. And it was awesome. As you know, being in the military, we've lived away from family for so long, but it was the one chance we had, we got stationed near, to where we could live and all of us living together was just such a 
it was such a wonderful five years because the, there was kids were born, they became grandparents and they had all their, their grandkids around them. And I think our kids really started to understand how important family truly is and what it means to all be together and mm -hmm. what you can do with each other, help each other out in times of need and celebrate with each other in times of joy. And we don't have that now, but at least they see the difference, right? How much, yeah. how much love was there. And uh, yeah, if, our, that's not what's going on out there is not our normal. That's not normal. Right. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not. It's not normal. No. So yeah, I agree. We, yeah. That's and the homeschooling is part of that. It's like the beginning foundation of that. So we can do that at home. There's lots of things we can do at home. And so my kids are my retirement plan. You know, I want them <laughs> to be here because uh, and, and to have them be here, they need to start out here. You know, why send them away? You're just already getting in that habit of getting them out, getting them out, getting them out every day. And eventually they fly the nest. Well, um, I, I went, historically it was done differently. It was done. The, the kids were always the retirement plan for the parents and uh, somebody's going to have to take care of us, you know, when we're, we're getting <laughs> old and, and uh, they're the ones to do it. You know, the system today is, Oh, you go off to an old folks home and eventually you die. And you know, it's, 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 it's a sad system that we have today. It's not very family oriented at all. No, it's not. I was listening. I was, I was listening to something the other day and that's, they mentioned that we don't have a big connection with growing old and death because in these, at least in the United States, because most of those people are taken out of the home and stuck somewhere where you can't see them. And yeah. they're all stuck together in a nursing home. But that being said, if you've, I, I, have you ever, I mean, have you, have you traveled overseas at all? Oh yeah. I was in Germany for three years. So a lot of European cultures, grandma, grandpa, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and all the, all the siblings, mom, dad, they all live together. Mm -hmm. yep. And it's usually a much smaller house than we have here in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Usually. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, and that, and to them, that's normal to, yep. to them. All the family being together is normal. It would be insanity for them to ship, you know, not, you know, Nani and Nano from, from an Italian family out to a, a nursing home. They, they just don't do that. Yeah. It'd be very offensive to even think about that. It, of course, it's like toss, throwing them out, you know, to the curb, which, right. but yeah, normal, normal is a very uh, elastic term, <laughs> you know, yeah. it depends on who you are. What don't, don't tell, don't, please don't tell me what, uh, what normal is because your normal is very different than my normal, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I totally agree. That's so, I, yeah, we don't want to do that here. And so we're, we're, we're doing things different for sure. Awesome. So what would you say to somebody who does dream of this lifestyle, but thinks it's not possible? Any words of wisdom? It is possible. Um, the only thing I would uh, caution you, and this is one of the biggest things we, we get an email on, is that make sure your spouse is on board 100%. If your spouse is not on board, or if, they're, if you feel like, or if they feel like they're just being drug along for the ride, then it won't end well. It's not going to end well. So. Um, Always try to make sure if you're going to do this, if one of the spouses, make sure they're both really gung-ho, full on board with this. And if that's the case, then you guys are going to do great. As long as you have that positive attitude, mm -hmm. it's going to be challenging. There's going to be challenges. It's not going to be a walk in the park. There'll be trying times for sure. You're going to, there's going to be blood sweats and a lot of tears, but um, you, you can do it and um, you know, to go against the flow. Yeah, you can do it.
That'd be my advice. Make sure your spouse is on board and to have that positive attitude. That's a great piece of advice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> spouse yes. always needs to be on board, no matter what you do, right? So things well, I'm, the reason I say that is because I've seen so many who aren't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one spouse comes along just to see, because the other spouse kind of drags them along. She's like, you know, he or she was like, okay, you want, she wants to do this. So that's what we're here for. And after a couple of years of the hardship and just the, the culture shock of homesteading, um, especially out somewhere remote like us, they just give up and they go back because, and, and, and they've lost all this money and time and they fought along the way and their marriage is worse off for it. There was that uh, show. It's a P it was a PBS show a number of years ago called frontier house. And it was about these people who taken out to Montana and they were going to live like pioneers and these were married couples, you know, taken out of normal houses, modern day houses, and every single one of them at the end of the show, uh, after the show was over, they got divorced <laughs> because it's stressful. It is stressful. And they, they weren't ready for it. They weren't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't count the cost, you know, to go against the flow of society and to do things different. Uh, now we don't, we weren't living like, we're not living like pioneers. We still have lots of, you know, I'm talking on a blue Yeti for crying out loud, you know, <laughs> on a laptop. So, um, but you know, I've got, I do have a lantern here. I mean, I don't have electric lights in the house. So it's like, you know, it, it, uh, it is different, but if you, if you, if you're okay with being different and your spouse is okay with being different and you want to do this together as an adventure, you're, you'll do good. I actually thought I was going to get divorced when we first got married because of that same, that same reason she came, she was in Jacksonville, Florida, city girl. And that's when we moved up to New Mexico. I'd already been out there working and she, this is, the, I'm not making this up. She showed up and this thing is out in the middle of nowhere. Like, like you, you understand what middle of nowhere means, but most people, when yeah. I say middle of nowhere, I don't mean like country. I mean, middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I literally had, I had trapped a bear the night before and I had a bear in my front yard in a trap waiting, waiting to go <laughs> drop off in the mountains. And that's when they- Because pl- you worked for Game and Fish. Let's say why you trapped okay. a bear. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, you're hardcore, dude. <laughs> Not for fun. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's how she rolled up to the house. Well, the house, which was a single wide trailer from like 1960. <laughs> and you have a bear trapped in the front yard. I was a little nervous that she was not going to stay. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was nervous. I pulled up with my parents in the middle of the night because he had already been living out there. And it was like, you know, traveled across country, pulling up at two o'clock in the morning. And I grabbed the front seat and I go, wait, what? He told me where I was moving into a cabin. What is this? This is not a cabin. It's a cabin. It's like falling apart. (laughs) But I should have taken your advice and made sure she was on board before she showed up from a 20 hour drive. Right. (laughs) <laughs> sometimes love will pull you through yeah sometimes it will yeah except if it's early that didn't happen <laughs> All right, oh, so good deal. If, you, if you could if you could leave one last piece of wisdom to your two boys what would it be uh work hard and don't let the job be done until it's done you know finish the job till it's done you know when it's done you know always finish a job and that's something, you know, my dad always taught me, you know, was work hard and uh, never let a job go until it's finished. So um, that'd be the piece of advice I'd give to my kids. And they're part of the job right now. That's what we're, that's what we're talking about, homeschooling. You know, right now they're part of the job and I'm not going to give up until it's done. So that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, where can people find you? 
Uh, and AmericanHomestead.com is our uh, website. You can just go to YouTube also and just Google in America or YouTube in American Homestead. It'll come up. Um, there's a channel you can subscribe on there. And then um, also, why don't you go ahead and share your web address and YouTube with my listeners who are listening right now live stream. So our podcast is the Homeschool Project Podcast, and you can find it on Apple or any you know podcast listening app. Uh, we do have a website that has all of the content, and that's the homeschoolprojectpodcast.com. And then awesome. we're on Instagram and Facebook. Very good. Well, hey, Zach, I, it was a pleasure to meet you, man. We really uh, thank you for coming on and hanging out with us. Well, I appreciate you guys asking me, and it was fun. And I, you know, conversations like this are always fun, and uh, people get a lot out of it. People love to be the fly on the wall. I know my listeners are going to be appreciative of you know, me streaming it because they learn a lot. You know, I used to listen to these kinds of things all the time. I still do sometimes just because I, I, I love to glean the little bits of information that I don't know yet. So um, I, I knew, it would be, I knew it'd be a great time. Yes. Yeah. I forgot it was live. So I'm glad you didn't bring that up in the middle of it. So <laughs> I would have got nervous again. <laughs> just remembered it was live. Yeah. <laughs> well zach have a great rest of your night uh, we appreciate it yes thank you yep you too guys thanks again we'll talk soon take take care all right bye. all right bye-bye we want to thank zach for not only joining us on our show but hosting us on his as well we loved hearing how his choice to homestead and homeschool were not only about education but also about celebrating the family unit we want to thank all of you for joining us around the fire for another amazing conversation the links to his YouTube channel and the book that we mentioned will be in the show notes. Remember to send any questions or comments to the homeschool project podcast at gmail.com. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out.